Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? Hello. Welcome to Niners Talk. It's Victory Tuesday here, boys. I'm John, joined by my brother Tim and my brother from another Hello. brother, Brian. We are three obsessed yeah. Niners fans who talk Niners each week. Victory Tuesday, fellas. Tim, how you feeling? I think anytime you go on the road and beat an opponent 30 to 7, I think we should all be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, no, it was, I think a lot of us Did had predicted a tougher game, a closer game, but it just, the Niners came out and, you know, watching the game again uh, uh, today, I mean, the Niners just came out and just, they they just were firing on all cylinders and Pittsburgh just couldn't even get out of the gate, so... Uh, it was 30 to seven, but they could have been a lot worse. So first game of the season against what I still think is a quality opponent in a, you know, in a respected organization on the road, 30 to seven. Uh, yeah, nothing but gold stars right now. Brian, how are you feeling? De definitely. It was a great game to watch. Definitely low stress for me. Not unlike Tim's garment. It was fine. It was fine. It was probably stressful for the first, like, you know, probably the first quarter, um, you know, but obviously everyone's a little antsy. It's the start of the season. It's the first game. But, uh, you know, after that, it felt pretty good, you know, uh, just watching that game. So since I was, it was fun to watch. Yeah. Since I was sitting, sitting right next to my brother, I would say the stress started to abate about halfway through the fourth quarter. That's what I think. That's okay. What it, I think we that's got what it. it occurred? Can I set the benchmark for our listeners? Because yes, I tend to get very stressed and, and I do have uh, a device that's on my wrist that measures my heart rate and in general overall stress through, I don't know, some sort of algorithm. And whenever the Niners come on, it spikes and it spikes for three hours. So yes, around midway through the fourth quarter, I started taking some deep breaths and we can expect this kind of level to continue for the next uh, 16 games. So, and, you know, that's not including playoffs, hopefully. Yeah, but let's let's talk a little bit of a week in review because the last time we came on, which was a week ago, Nick Bosa was still in Florida, and we were on in the panic meter, pretty high. I was up at an eight. I think Tim was at a nine point three. Brian was in the eights. So Brian, where were you when Nick Bosa got signed? Where did you hear the news? I want to say I was working from home and then as usual, uh, Tim was my, um, breaking news update. So, uh, thank you, Tim, for letting us know. I, I think it might be you, John. You're welcome. You too. You're more than welcome. Yeah. Thank you. You should, you should, you should come up with like your own jingle, like the ESPN jingle <laughs> uh, for you guys. I don't know. Don't, don't, where were you? I was sitting at my desk at work and because I was checking, uh, Twitter or whatever X or the, the site formerly known as Twitter, whatever Elon's calling it these days, obsessively. And I just happened to refresh it where I saw across the newswire. I think it was from either ESPN or the AP it was a two minute, you know, it had been, it was two minutes ago as Nick Bosa agrees. I immediately grab my phone and my AirPods race into a conference room and call you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, we, we, it, it was, it felt like on par, like, you know, Hey, my wife is in labor kind of moment. I apologize to my wife right now in advance for even comparing the two situations, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was at, I was at work and all of a sudden the Thursday just became so much more stress free. Wasn't it awesome? I mean, the colors outside were better. Uh, the birds the food, were taste, food tasted better. <laughs> you know, it was like uh, a little victory, little victory cocktail. I mean, it was, the it just made better, everything better. Skies were blue. Yeah. yeah. And then that night. Detroit goes out and beats Kansas City. 
So yeah, it was it was a good day all around. Well, let's let's get it's into all part of the plan. Yes, it's all written into the script. <laughs> well, that's the best ad campaign ever. Like, what if we write Patrick Mahomes off? Hey, um, but let's talk. Let's talk about the game. Um, this is our obviously week one. We got sixteen more of these to go. But I watched the game with my brother. And it was for me, it was, it was a pretty dominant Niners performance. They looked crisp. They looked, uh, the defense looked real. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go against there. I thought they controlled it right out of the gates. And that hit Fred Warner put on Najee Harris, which I think was like the third play of the game. Pittsburgh never had their rhythm back after that. It was like, uh, what? I don't even know. Like, we're in a street fight now, and I forgot to bring brass knuckles. So I thought it was just a really good. And the last four years, it's been one of the best opening day victories we've had in quite a while. Brian, thoughts? Yeah, I was, um, my stress level was probably just a little bit high during that first drive. And, um, but I think after, you know, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember, was that like a, was that the fourth down throw when they had to kittle? Um, it was like a fourth and short. Yeah. Um, when yeah. I felt like, okay, fourth and one. things, uh, things are looking really good. And I, I, I was surprised that they were going for it on fourth down, but they probably felt really amped up and they, um, you know, Shannon let them do it. And, uh. I think that really fired up the team once they picked up that first down. And um, I think just from that play, I think the offense just sort of clicked right after that. And uh, yeah, it was a fun day. It's a good game to watch. Tim? Yeah, I, you know, the, I mean, Pittsburgh surprised me by their opening drive. Uh, they threw three straight times. And, and actually the play you were referring to, John, was on their second possession. But, you know, it's third down. Uh, Pickens gets pressured by Armstead up the middle. He's, he's pushed out to the left where Drake Jackson makes the first sack of, of 2023. And the Niners immediately get the ball and they start driving. They, they have a fourth down and I wasn't surprised that Shanahan went for it. I think, you know, he's like, I've got all these weapons. I'm going to use them. It was a great play to Kittle. He came in motion away from, uh, TJ Watt out to the left side. Purdy got the ball out quick, and from there, Niners just marched right down. And you know, before the Steelers, they could even blink. It's seven nothing. What a beautiful pass to Ayuk, where the uh, Steelers cornerback uh, Peterson uh, did slip. But the Niners just set the tone early. And as John, as you mentioned, we were watching. You know, a lot of people had been thinking the Steelers were going to make a statement in this game. It was. I mean, I thought it was going to be a close game. But as you said to me very clearly, you everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And I think the 49ers just punched Steelers right in the mouth in the first quarter. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but let's go over. We had some keys to victory that we thought, I mean, being the football pundits that we are, um, keys to victory. And let's see if the Niners hit them or if they weren't really anything the Niners needed to do and we're just a bunch of idiots trying to sound like we know what we're doing well their first key which was one of mine was they signed nick bosa mission accomplished <laughs> but they also did which this is going to be really interesting come the rest of the year they restructured a lot of contracts and they opened up a lot of cap space so now you have some big questions for the rest of the year are they going to use it? What is the trade line, trade, trade deadline? Is it like sometime in October to November? Are they going to trade for somebody? Are they going to push it into next year so they can sign someone like Ayuk? That was really interesting with the Nick Bosa signing, opening up all of the salary cap. Now they're the most salary cap in the league. And I just got to say kudos to Jed. Thanks for opening the pocketbook and spending about $100 million in a week. Um, but that was, I thought that was definitely one of the keys to victory because everybody um, felt like it was, you know, ready to go. 
So yeah, the salary cap now is a big advantage for the Niners, but I think it's a little bit outside the, the keys to victory. Do you guys have any thoughts on uh, the salary cap? They've obviously created a room for, you know, cap space in 2023. I have not looked at it close enough to see what 2024 is going to look like. Obviously, you know, that's going to be another interesting off season, but right now the Niners have obviously pushing a lot of chips into the table, if not all the chips into the table uh, for this run. So we'll have to see, but you know, I, I, I credit uh, not only uh, uh, Jed, John Lynch, Prague for getting the deal done and Nick Bosa's camp for, you know, at, at one point saying, all right, is this, this may be best and final and we should take it. And we're not going to gain anything by Nick being out week one, though. So I think it just, it also sent uh, a great spark throughout the locker room. You know, we saw tweets from Fred Warner. We heard, you know, what the grass was in the locker room. So that was obviously a big uh, emotional lift to the Niners um, before heading out to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I, I just like Tim, I'd be uh, interested to see how this affects like the cap space in years going forward. I'm not an expert on it in any way, I and mean, I'm not familiar with all the terms, but how that affects it. But I'd love to see how that kind of would come into play. I, I you know, I did see, and I did text you, John and, and Tim, kind of the night before that I wasn't sure how this was going to affect the salary cap. And I was shocked, just like everyone else, that of all the changes they were able to do to restructure a lot of those contracts, I think to turn mm -hmm. some of the, what is it, they turned a lot of the, uh, um, guaranteed salary money into like signing bonus money. And I guess that helps in every way. So, um, but yeah, I was very happy to see that. And, and just like Tim also said, yeah, did create a spark with a lot of the guys in the locker room. Like I remember something like Fred Warner just going nuts. And, um, so yeah, it was great to see. And I'm sure it showed on, on Sunday. So when they were out there. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's get back to the keys to victory. So, so Tim, I thought we were going to see a lot of Steelers running the ball. We didn't in the beginning, and I don't think they, they ran. Uh, no, certainly. I mean, as I, I said, you know, their first opening drive was uh, was three passes. Uh, their second possession, as you said, John, Fred Warner just comes in and absolutely just blows up Harris. So, you know, with that, they go three and out again. What I think you, what you saw in this game was... The, the 49ers on their first three possessions, uh, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. They go up 17-0. The Steelers, I think, had a total of two offensive yards at that point. So you're down 17-0. At this point, you have to start thinking about getting back into the game. So the Niners, I think, with by the second quarter, had taken the Steelers out of their game plan. And the Steelers now are going to have to lean on a lot more of their quarterback who I don't think they were planning on doing. I think they felt that their defense was going to keep it closer. They would be able to take some chances throwing the ball, but they were going to lean more on their ground game. And that just, uh, the 49ers uh, being able to score that quickly, combined with the Steelers just not being able to do anything, plus having one turnover uh, in the first half on the uh, Javarius Ward interception. That forced the Steelers uh, out of their game plan early. And it just, uh, yeah, it, at that point, you, you have to start throwing the ball. You have to start opening it up. And that played right into the Niners' hands. Yep. And the, the key is always in any game, honestly, is turnovers. We saw that in last night's game with Buffalo and New York. Obviously, Buffalo had a real chance to win the game after Aaron Rodgers goes down, but they turn over the ball four times. Niners, in this case... Had uh, plus turnovers. They had Tavarius Ward's interception, Huff's interception. We lost one, but still plus in turnovers. But that gets us to the offense. So, Brian, your thoughts initially on the offense? It did look really good. I think they were pretty fluid. Um, you know, CMC out there and, you know, even Kittle and, and Debo, I think they all look pretty, just pretty fluid in, in kind of everything they were doing. So, I think I was just impressed with a lot of the cuts, the, just everything they were doing. It looked, it looked good. It looked nice and smooth. Tim, any, your, any thoughts that you have on the offense? I mean, it was just, it was the CMC show and, you know, early on and what I thought quite a bit was the CMC was obviously, well, was going to the left quite a bit. And why wouldn't you go to the left when you've got two blockers like uh, Banks and uh, Trent Williams out there? 
TJ Watt, we knew was going to be a problem. And I know we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but you know, we saw quite a bit of an extra tight end. Sometimes it was Kittle. Sometimes it was Warner making sure that they could seal him off either on pass protection or on, on run plays when they did go over to the right side. Uh, but then of course there was Brandon Ayuk who had an awesome game. I think he just, he played like it was a contract year, which obviously it is. Uh, but no, very efficient. You put up 20 points, uh, on the road, uh, in the first half, uh, you're up 20, nothing, uh, it was about a minute to go. Like that's exactly where you want to be as a football team. So yeah, very, very efficient, uh, pretty, there was maybe some, some concern that, you know, there would be a little bit of rust, a little bit of angst because of the injury, how would he be feeling? But we saw none of that. We saw none of that. So that brings us to the last key to victory, which is kickers got a kick. And when we started out last Tuesday, we didn't know if we had a kicker. But Jake Moody came in yep. and looked like the kicker we thought he was going to look like. What do you guys think? Uh, I just think he had the shakes. You know, he's a rookie. He's first time out there. He didn't really get to practice much at Levi's due to Taylor Swift. No, I just, you know, he's, he's just a rookie and I think he just had to figure some things out. So I will chalk it up to that. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. Well, Hey, he, he hit the extra points. You know, we saw him miss one, I think in the preseason, uh, and he hit, uh, three field goals though. So, yeah. yeah. Kudos, kudos to Jake. I think one of them was, I, I don't think Tomlin was trying to ice him, but there was one where I think the entire left side of the Steelers jumped off sides, but you know, he kept his composure. He came in and, and still made the kick. So, uh, to those to Jake, I, I think our emotions on him have come down a bit. So good for Jake. Good for Jake. Jake. We love you. But how good was week one to have real football back? I have to say like, you know, what's the Niners Steelers was, was done. Got that a little bit of red zone. I had it on the car driving back. I wasn't watching it. I was listening to it. Um, but that <laughs> we will, we got to take you at your word on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that, that Miami Los Angeles game was crazy. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was basketball on grass and again, I don't know how the chargers keep that coach around. That guy finds more ways to lose than anybody out there. But Tim, what else stood out for you in week one? Well, the fact that the team that I absolutely abhor, Seattle, lost. And when the 49ers win and Seattle loses, I got to say it was a good day. <laughs> and Brian, anything else stick out to you in week one? Uh, Tyreek Hill is pretty damn awesome. That yeah. was... Uh, that one play to ice the game um, against the gets the Chargers is pretty sweet. Yeah, the Dallas defense, um, mm-hmm. yeah, getting two touchdowns and uh, pitching a shutout. That was pretty pretty good. I didn't get to watch much of the uh, the Chiefs and the uh, and the Lions game, but you know, from what I understand, that was uh, pretty exciting, and I you know, heard it from a lot of people. Um, yeah, some great games, and it is so good to to kind of watch all this stuff come back. So get, really get back in the rhythm of things. Monday night football, Tuesday talk about it. Wednesday set your lineups. Thursday night football, Friday Saturday college football. Sunday regular football. Rinse and repeat. It's all good. So, but let's let's get to each of our stars of the game. For me, it was Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had. Two touchdowns, one of which I didn't even know he had caught the ball. His second touchdown when he beat Patrick Peterson, uh, it was just like, how did you catch that? And how did you get both feet down? And then his block to spring CMC was just ridiculous. So for me, he was the star. He was my star of the game. He just jumped out on tape. And good for Brandon. He's been in the system for a while, and he's obviously playing for big money. Uh, so, what about you, Brian? Who's your star of the game? The one and only Christian McCaffrey. Uh, um, he was just, he got the ball 
early and often, and you felt like you was just going to break something here or there. And um, yeah, he was it's just all around impressive. He had 152 yards on the ground on 22 rushes. He obviously had that big one at the start of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Ayuk did help him on that uh, on that awesome block, so that was really great to see. CMC also had three catches for seven, 17 yards, so that was pretty good. I saw that was that that. Um, uh, no, I was thinking of something else, but I don't know if it was him, but there was one play where Brock Purdy looked like he was about to get sacked, and he kind of just threw it out there to someone on the flat. And I, I don't remember if that was CMC or Elijah Mitchell, but he just happened to, to grab it. So I, was, I don't know if that was him or not, but that was my star of the game, Christian McCaffrey. Um, and that run of his in the third quarter was just, was just awesome. Yeah. Tim, who do you got for a star of the game? Well, b- before I do that, I-, I just wanted to add a couple things to both of your guys. I mean, Ayuk had, he was, and well, I mean, seriously, I mean, when I looked at yeah. some of the stats, Ayuk I- was targeted eight times and made eight catches. So that just shows what kind of day he had. And, you know, going to the, again, back to the McCaffrey run in the, in the early in the third quarter, Ayuk's block reminded me so much of what Kyle Juszczyk did in 2019 against the Steelers, where... Uh, you know, he literally just threw a guy off them after catching a pass. I mean, Ayuk, he, he, this was not a pancake. This was just, you sent the guy, he sent the, the defensive back just absolutely flying. So kudos to Ayuk. That's, you know, that's kind of wide receiver that Danahan uh, demands. So that's kind of a play he wants. Uh, and then for CMC, I mean, you know, yeah, he had 22 attempts, but he was on the field for 59 snaps. So he was out there just about for the entire game, save for a few players where Elijah came in. But that that just shows, you know, how much this guy, yeah, I think wants, not only wants to be on the field, but how much the Niners, you know, just believe in him that, you know, what a difference maker uh, he is. So anyway, I wanted to add that to uh, to use of yours. Mine is going to be Drake Jackson, three sacks on the day. I don't know what, what, what do you call it when you, if you stretch out both your arms, is that your wingspan? Is yeah. that just, you know, from, yeah. So your wings, I don't know what it, what that guy's wingspan is, but I can tell you from just watching, it's impressive. He, that guy's got some long arms. His first sack of the day, you know, he's able to just get a hold of Pickens. Um, you know, again, Pickens was trying to scramble uh, on his second sack and Drake just came up from behind and was able to grab him again with those long arms and just, you know, He's the kind of player that the 49ers really wanted to take a step forward this season. He's done that in week one, you know, and hope he just continues that throughout the rest of the year because that's going to be such a compliment to Bosa if he's able to continue this kind of performance. Absolutely. Anyone else? Well, our buddy Jake uh, from State Farm, but, you know, we don't have to talk about that anymore. So, you know. Um, but Jake does get the star of the game, though. Yeah, yeah, he, he definitely deserves it. I, I did was also, and I'm glad you put this on here, John. Um, Mitch, uh, he did have some awesome, awesome punts. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be yeah. a little. I, I remember I think he was dealing with some injuries. I think early in the preseason, but he ended up doing some really good. You know, it's that that drop kick that he does. He pinned the Steelers back a couple of times, and that was great to see. I think. Yeah, I and mean, he, and all, he the kickoffs. All. He did. He did. And uh, actually, Shanahan commented on that, saying that that was a precaution because of Moody's injury, that he does expect Moody mm-hmm. to resume kickoff duties, uh, I think, as soon as this week against the Rams. But going to back to which Nasty had three punts, all three punts were, you know, not only inside the Steeler 20, but the Steelers, because of his three punts, they started on their own five, their own six, and then their own four. And that's that, what you want yeah, out of a putter. Absolutely. It, you know, you swept the field. They've got to go longer. I mean, granted, the Steelers did get that one long ride. Um, but that is, you know, such a difference maker, how you flip the field, uh, make the offense have to go that much longer and give, you know, uh, a defense like the 49ers uh, the ability to make a play and then create a short field for, for their own offense. So, yeah, gold stars to, to Mitch on this on this game. Yeah, but let's talk... Um... One more, uh, because he is the heartbeat of the defense, and that's Fred. 
I thought Fred set the tone early with that hit on Najee Harris. It, that was one of, he was launched out of a cannon. His closing speed was, was ridiculous. And also another one, buddy texted me during the game and he said, Dre, Dre Greenlaw is a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> so those two were definitely bringing the thunder. Yeah, and I was looking at I was looking at the the tackles chart. I didn't mm-hmm. realize Lenore had ten tackles. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. He had more than than Fred, so that was something that shocked me or surprised me, I should say. And I was looking at the stat sheet. So I was gonna say, I mean, Fred Fred had a, a whale of a game. He almost, almost has a pick six. Yeah, uh, I think uh, all of us, and more so even Fred, was was shocked that he, he didn't come down there. But second half, uh, I don't know why. I still don't know why Pickens threw this ball. It seemed like he was throwing right at Fred Warner, but Fred tips the ball. Usaga makes the interception. So. Uh, you know, Fred was, as John said, was all over the field and, and yeah, Drake Greenlaw, he was hitting some guys I, he, he, on one play. I don't remember the running back who caught it. It seemed like I thought he was going to get nailed for a horse collar tackle, but it was just yeah. Fred's arm just coming over and leveling him. Yeah. Actually it was Dre's, I think. Um, oh, excuse me for Drake. Correction. Correction. Um, well, anyway, it's not all sunshine lollipops. There are some places where the Niners, I think, can improve a bit. And let's start with, with always one of my favorites being uh, an official, penalties. <laughs> Tim, there are way too yes. many dumb penalties, weren't there? Well, I, I love that you came out and said, because I'm an official, and officials, of course, are, you know, <laughs> never, never wrong. wrong, are they? <laughs> never wrong, never, no, no, no. Um... At least but not no, during a game. We know that, at least not during a game, but we know that, you know, referees are humans. They do have families of their own. And um, we should, you know, obviously remember that when we talk about the referees. Yeah, 11 penalties uh, for the 49ers. Obviously a couple that, you know, that stand out. Two penalties on Lenore, a drive where the Steelers scored. Although I would say that uh, the second penalty, which was uh, illegal contact, I thought that one was borderline. But... Uh, the first one, which was a late hit out of bounds, is something that the Myers need to be a bit cleaner about. Yeah. And then, you know, Buford, I think Buford had a false start, a holding penalty, and I, I forget what the, the the next one was. But, yeah, those, those are areas that you don't want to see, and I think they were overlooked just because of how lopsided the game was getting. Yeah. Uh, Brian, anything else you saw where the Niners can improve a bit? Yeah, you know, I guess the special teams coverage was mm-hmm. one thing that I kind of was watching the game. I was like, oh, no, like, you know, I, I felt like whenever there was a punt return or kick return, uh, and maybe I'm just exaggerating it because you, you've probably, you know, seen it like two or three times, but I felt like those those returners were getting like at least 20 yards yeah. um, each time. And that that's obviously something I know that they're going to try to look to clean up this week. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see. That one kind of taken care of when uh, we play the Rams next week. Yeah, because Tim Rob a great point, which Stowski was pinning them deep. But those are all non-returnable balls. But if somebody got their hands on it, they were just taken off. I'm like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I was a little, I was a little concerned about that. Another one, which you know, my brother and I started looking at each other, going, "How much longer is this dude going to be in?" was Niners had the game pretty well in control, but CMC was out there still running between the tackles. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Jordan Mason or Elijah or some other guys out there, you know, handling the rock. So I was, I was concerned. I saw today um, online Barrows was like in the press box. He and Kyle Conway are looking at each other going again, CMC still out there. But from what I've, been reading the big reason around that is because of that Detroit game. <laughs> they pulled everybody, and then Detroit came pouring <laughs> back. So it's like, keep your foot on the gas. That was just to me, just stuck out as a little odd uh, because we wanted to last all 17 games. But you know, obviously, he came out, he didn't have any injuries. But that, that position is, is so rough that you know, you don't want to spend too much. So, Tim, any other concerns that you saw? 
one, and it's a big one. Right tackle, Colton yep. McKivitz against TJ Watt. That was not good. That was, as you would say, John, no bueno. Yeah, it was no bueno. I, I feel like I jinxed Colton a lot because I was sitting on the couch with my brother. And I'm like, you know, we haven't heard Colton's name yet. And then all of a sudden, oh, bam. Well, oh, bam. I'm like, oopsie. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, it's hard to I, tell at this point because he is going against TJ Watt. Brian? Yeah, he's he's going to get targeted. You know that. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to, in every game coming up, um, he's going to be that target. So, um, you know, he could have Aaron Donald lining up over there. I'm not sure. But, like, every game now going forward, everyone's watching I, this tape. And, I tell you right now, Michael Parsons will be on that side. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. Um, but yeah, that's just, I think, I want to get, I want to see Colton take a, take another step forward. Uh, it's not like we have another guy that we can just bring in, but I'd like to see him take another step forward and, uh, you know, do better. But yeah, I saw also, you know, McGlinchey, you know, gave him a pretty big one to Max Crosby. So I don't know. I don't know if he would have been better at keeping the, you know, the old guy too. So, but it's there there. Those are the, the places to improve. I think those are places that definitely can improve over the next few weeks. And we'll see what happens with the Rams. So unfortunately though, last night, you know, being here on the East coast brought a, a, a bit of bad news. And, and that was Aaron Rodgers tearing his Achilles. I was watching it. Oh, Tim, are you watching it as well? I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Brian? I was just coming home from work. So no, I did not. But I, as soon as I got off the bus, I did see those, uh, those, uh, alerts kind of notifications pop up. So that was pretty crazy. Yeah. And my first thought was at first I was like, did he break something? But when they were starting to show it and they showed it, they, you could actually just see it snap. I'm like, okay, well, please. But my other thought was, how, when are they going to just tear up the turf at, at that field? It, it's like a house of horrors. How many more people need to go down? Um, yeah, he's you know, probably, you know, Bosa got hurt over there, right? Bosa, Bosa yeah. got hurt. Solomon Thomas, Thomas got yeah. hurt. Jimmy uh, G got Garoppolo, hurt. Yeah, he had a high ankle sprain. Um, it, it's one of the things about the NFL that absolutely befuddles me is you've got these players that you sign for multi-million dollar contracts. So you've got these stadiums, you know, billion dollar stadiums, and yet you go cheap on the turf because, well, you're trying to be cost efficient. Uh, okay. I think there are other areas you can be cost efficient, but it just, uh, you know, you can go back to Emmanuel Mosley playing against Carolina, which I still don't understand why Carolina went from grass to turf. Mm-hmm. I know that's another stadium, but yeah, I, it, it's one of the things about the NFL. It's like, guys, it's not that hard. You, you, exactly. you can employ some, there's gotta be some great gardeners out there who can show you how to plant a grass field and make flat. <laughs> I'm just saying well, that. The other thing is all those, all those stadiums are going to have world cup games. They have to take the turf out to put it in grass. But yeah, soccer teams won't allow it. So it's like, guys, just tear it up, put in grass. It's not that hard. And they have grass in Green Bay. So, yeah, I feel for Aaron Rodgers. I feel for the Jets. But, you know, epic comeback. Uh, we'll see how they do the rest of the year. But let's let's move on to some other stuff, which was my positive betting results this year week. So I went 5-2. and two. I bet on the Niners, Jets, Browns, Packers, and Detroit to all win. And that all happened. And I lost on, uh, I had a hedge with the Chiefs. uh, And then I thought the the San Francisco-Pittsburgh game would be an over. So, um, what was the also my, that was 41. 41. So I missed it by about four points because really? the, the Pittsburgh mm. didn't score. Yeah. Well, I thought Pittsburgh would actually like score some points. <laughs> and then in the survivor pool, I, the Ravens able to pull it out, although they gave me a little bit of a 
palpitations. So I'm still alive. So this week, for those of you who are stupid enough to bet with me. Way to sell it. Well, <laughs> hey, I, it's, that is a disclosure. Like, hey, you've been warned. <laughs> but I did go four and two last week. So, you know. <laughs> so in my survivor, I, sorry, Zach Wilson, but I'm picking the Cowboys over the Jets. I, I don't think Zach Good Wilson one. is going to have a snowball's chance in hell. Because but he was really running for his life last night against Buffalo. And I think the Dallas D is at home. It's just going to tee off on him. And then for normal bets, the Giants and Cardinals, I'm going to bet the under. Uh, because both offenses are horrible. Um, Chargers over the Titans because the Chargers offense is can score a banana boat a bunch of points. and. Ryan Tannehill does not look like he's playing very well right now. The Bucks over the Bears. Uh, I'm actually going Tampa Bay to be 2-0. and Saw the Bears. The Bears did not look good. Baker, it's at, I think it's in Tampa Bay. Baker went into Minnesota. Beat them. Bucks still have a good defense. Bears have an awful offense. Uh, so we got that. And then, Tim, you like this one? I'm saying the Seahawks are going to be 0-2. The Lions are going to beat the Seahawks. I wouldn't want to be the Seahawks to play the Lions right now off a of mini-buy and, uh, you know, having to go all the way up to Detroit. So we'll talk about the Seahawks and the Rams uh, shortly. Well, we'll talk about the Rams and based on their performance in the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, the Seahawks not uh, uh did, did not inspire too many people there so yeah going in going in against a, a lion team that's coming off in a pretty emotional significant victory knocking off the super bowl champs at home i think they they sent a message there pretty well brian please go ahead when you're when you're making these bets john are you playing the money line or are you playing on points like uh like uh i play mostly the, the um points so when i oh, okay so i'll say Chargers to cover against the Titans, Bucks yeah. to cover against the Bears, Lions to cover against Seahawks. Um, what are those early? Do you know what those early lines are? Chargers over time? I guess I, uh, I, I, I don't know yeah. off the top of my head. The one that I am looking at also that will be interesting uh, is the Dolphins are favored by two and a half over the Pats. And again, the Dolphins mm-hmm. offense looked awesome. But the Pats defense is, was no joke against the Eagles, who Eagles. have a very good offense as well. So, I don't know about that one. If I don't really know, then I'm like, eh, well, you want to just chase money. So, but yeah, I think that's right. what I'm going to be looking at this week. And we'll see how we do. So, so Giants at Cardinals, John, that's 39 and a half right now. Yeah. I don't know if t- either team can score 10 points. So Chargers plus three over the Titans. the Titans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one I'm feeling pretty good about because even though it's in Tennessee, the Chargers just looked. That was just crazy how, like, there's points going all over the place. The only, the only thing about the Chargers is their coach is an idiot. Like, yeah, let's go for it. It's fourth and five on your 10. Oh, let's go for it. We got it. What do you guys think about this line? Seahawks, you were talking about this one, mm-hmm. John. Uh, Seahawks minus six. Um, yeah. At the Lions. I, I think the Lions are going to, I think, are going to beat them. And I think they're going to beat them pretty bad. Yeah. Gino did not look right. And, you know, if DK Metcalf is pushing people around, you know, delivering cheap shots, th- that team looks a little in disarray. Yeah. So, so anyway, so we're off of John's bets and we're on to Niners trivia time with Brian. So, Brian, what do you got for us this week? Okay. So, we are playing the, the LA Rams, the heated rivals, uh, the Niners for many, many decades. This first trivia question is, where was this team founded originally? Mm -hmm. City and state. And bonus points if you can tell me the year of when they were founded. I'm going to go with the same news, but Tim just want to know this probably. Well, I would know it was Cleveland, Cleveland, Mm -hmm. Ohio. Just FYI. Uh, when they were founded, <laughs> your point being, 
So Cleveland, I don't know when they were actually founded. I know that the Browns, the original Browns, uh, who were in the AAFB along with the 49ers were founded in 1946. So I'm going to go 1942. John? I, I have uh, 1978. So, but it's just wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. As the Niners and, and the Rams have played each other since the 50s, the record between the Niners is um, 77 and 68, and I think three. That includes. Um, the um, uh, playoffs. At one time, the Rams had a 22 game winning streak against the Niners, or 22 games up, I should say, uh, in terms of the uh, win losses. The Niners had a win streak of their own against the Rams in the 90s. How many games did the Niners win in a row? I'll take a shot in the dark and say 17. See, uh, can I? Yes. Uh, John, you may have to pause the podcast because I have to do some math in my head. <laughs> or we could just, you guys can just chat amongst yourselves while I do some math because I have to run through the game starting in 1990, uh, going out to 1999. So let's see, 91. I'm going to go, the, I'm going to go the Niners won 17 games in a row from 1990, November of 1990 to November of 1999. Okay. All right. 17. I was, I was waiting right. for John to start humming Jeopardy theme music. I was pretty close. Okay. You could get your guitar and try to do it on that. I could. <laughs> yes. Let's move on. Yes. Brian. The Rams have eight players who have their numbers retired. Eight. Name five of those eight. You don't have to tell me the numbers. You can tell me the names. Name well, five go, of those eight. I'm going to go Jackie Slater. I'm pretty sure that's one. And Marshall Falls. Deacon Jones. I will also go with uh, Merlin Alston. Oh, uh, Crazy Legs Hirsch. I'll Is say it? Eric Dickerson. I was going to say Dickerson, too. I don't think they ever got Kurt Warner's number or um, maybe Isaac. I, I'm going to go uh, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce. Okay. Tim, any more? I was kind of thinking somebody around uh, like Leroy Irving, but I don't think that's it. No, I think we'll we'll stop with that. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Last question here. When the, when the Rams moved back to St. Louis in 1995, where did they play their games? They do. Bush Memorial Stadium because the TWA Dome wasn't ready yet. Why do you guys have to laugh at me when I give you the answers? Is it really, is it really like, what do I do with me? I thought I was right on that one, but I wasn't. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's give the, the Niners a collective pat on the back. Victory Tuesday is now over. We're moving on to... The Rams on Sunday. Tim, so what do you think it's going to take for the Niners to go 2-0 and against our southerly neighbors? Well, we were talking about the betting earlier, and the Niners have already been established early as eight-point favorites on the Rams. So, you know, obviously, you know, Vegas believes that the Niners are the stronger team. Uh, granted, um, you know, it, it's well, it's a divisional rival. You know, these teams know each other very well for obvious reasons, playing each other twice a year. So it's it's not going to be anything different. I mean, the Niners, it, what I did find was um, what I didn't realize. The last time the Rams beat the 49ers in a regular season game was in 2018, and that was Shanahan's second year, and Nick Mullins uh, was at the helm. I think that was also the same year the Rams went to the Super Bowl. But other than the NFC Championship, where the Rams invested the 49ers, or I would say outlasted the 49ers. It's been all San Francisco, though. I think it's going to be the usual. I think, you know, obviously, um, you got to get pressure on Stafford and make sure he 
gets hit a number of times, get a couple stacks. He's not a very mobile quarterback, so there's not that element to worry about. But he's definitely a step up uh, from what the Niners face in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, but it's it's Sean McVay, it's Matt Stafford, it's Aaron Donald. These three guys have won a Super Bowl, and they won a Super Bowl for a reason. So we'll expect some wrinkles. I know this is supposed to be a rebuilding year in L.A., coming off a pretty tough uh, 22 campaign. But obviously, McVay knows his record against Francisco. A huge boost in this team. And they looked impressive against Seattle. They came into, you know, a notoriously tough stadium. Granted, they were down at the half, but they were down at the half on mistakes that they were making. They were shooting themselves in the foot. And I think in the second half that the Rams had something like two yards of offense, they had absolutely nothing going on where the Rams were just marching up and down. The Seahawks only had about two yards uh, of offense uh, in the second half. So, and the Rams put up uh, about, I think, over about 436 yards against the Seahawks defense. So, you know, they're both 1-0. The Niners should win on paper, but these are the kinds of games that the 49ers, yeah, should win, ought to win, and and they just need to go out there and take care of business. Yeah. Brian? Yeah, I think keeping up the pressure on Matt Stafford, as as Tim was alluding to, is going to be huge. Obviously, with, with Bosa back and no major injuries from last week, you know, they should be able to dial up the pressure just as much. I think I have here, I saw um, PFF 28 pressures on on Pickett. So, you know, that's just keep that up. And I think that'll disrupt the whole offense that, that day. Also, just in terms of the players, I mean, yeah, they do have Aaron Donald, but they do have some weapons in terms of, you know, their receivers. I know Cooper Cup's not playing right now, but Tyler Higby is always a good option at tight end. Um, you know, you see his name pop up all the time. Cam Akers at running back, always tough to bring down. And then they have our old buddy, Kayla Witherspoon, who's now a corner playing for the Rams. Um, no more Jalen Ramsey, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll put up a fight and, and McVay always will have this team fired up to play the Niners for Shanahan. So even though they haven't won in the regular season for a while, they did win when they counted in 20, uh, 21, 22, but, um, you know, I just think the Niners to be able to cover this one, pick the eight, and then hopefully go over. So, yeah, I mean, first, I thought the Rams. I was really impressed. Everybody's like, okay, well, rebuilding. Yeah, they're through salary cap hell, but yeah, you know, Tim pointed out they got to the Super Bowl two years ago. It's not like McVay forgot how to coach, and sometimes when you get that infusion of young blood. They'll buy into the message, um, and they still have veteran presence with Stafford and, and Aaron Donald. The biggest thing I think for me in the game is is twofold. One is well, we got to get you have to get Stafford on the ground, and you have to get him out of his rhythm because if he does what he did in Seattle, he just sits back there and picks you apart. I would like to see a little bit more out of Debo this week. He was there, but I wouldn't mind seeing him. You know, break a long one. I'd love to see Nick Bosa be full go. Uh, we didn't do any Bosa runs this week because he didn't have any sacks. So we're at zero on the old odometer. But I think this is going to, this is, it's one of those, like, I'm kind of the gr- glad the Rams won against the Seahawks because they're not going to get underestimated. And that's one of the things that you kind of like, okay, well, you know, we can look through the Giants or the Cowboys in, in the weeks ahead. Like, we'll just go roll over the Rams like we usually do. And no, the Rams might be pretty good. You know, and the Rams also have the one of the best wide receiver names ever, Takuku Pakua. Is that his name? <laughs> and he had a great game against Doc. So, yeah, I, I just think Niners should win. They're going to have a huge home field advantage at Levi South. Their defense should be able to get it after it. But you know, don't overlook them and they'll let Stafford sit back there and pick you apart. Cause I, he can do it. I think he's got more weapons with the wide receivers and the tight end. It's not Cooper cup, but you know, he, he can throw the ball around, but let's talk some fantasy football. So Brian, 
How did mm. you do? Well, in the league that we're in, I did win my game against my buddy Doug. He surprisingly had Dallas defense, which is projected to have seven points, but ended up having 37 points because of uh, two touchdowns and pitching a shutout. I think from my side on my team, I had some um, really strong players. So I uke, obviously our guy, 120, 29 yards with two TDs. And then Aaron Jones, um, Green Bay, uh, 86 yards, but he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. So kind of overall, oh, I had Nick Folk also from Tennessee. So he had, I think, what, four field goals. So you ended up pretty, doing pretty good. Yeah. How about your team, John? How'd that do? My team sucked. <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it, John. No, it was like, I don't think I got a touchdown on any of, like, any of them. Like, I mean, Joe Burrow decided he would hey, cash a check. Why do I need to be Joe Burrow now? Um, and it just, it was like, I'm like, there's no way I'm winning this game. You know, I got a few points here and there, but I don't think any of my players, I didn't even know this was statistically possible. I don't think any of my players scored a touchdown. You know, you had Bryce Young, yeah, the rookie from Carolina. He had one passing touchdown. Yeah. But everyone else, none of your receivers, none of your backs, your other quarterback, obviously Joe Burrow, didn't uh, didn't do shit. This is how bad my team was. I picked up Zach how Wilson. How bad were they? I picked up Zach wait, Wilson. Wait, wait. Zach Wilson's going to be an improvement. That's how bad the situation is. So, yeah, I'm the New York Jets right now of our fantasy football team. But I'm going to call it, you know, channel my inner Sala, get them back on track, run some stadiums. So, anyway. Um, all right. Well, Brian, why don't you tell us how we did our trivia? Okay. All right. Rams, when were they founded and where was their original city? So, Tim, you said Cleveland, Ohio. You guessed what, 1942? 42. Uh, they were founded, yes, in Cleveland, Ohio, as the Cleveland Rams. They started in 1936. Um, and then they ended up joining the NFL, I want to say here, what is that, in 46? But the Niners didn't end up joining the NFL until 1950. So they were in that other league at first. So Cleveland, Ohio, 1936, I should say. Never would have thought it. Nope. All right. Question number two, the winning streak. John, you said 17. 17. Tim, you said 17. Yes, it is 17. So... um, Pretty good. You just in, in my guess, it was a complete guess in the dark. Tim actually like went through every game from ninety one to ninety nine. <laughs> do you do you know these win streaks, Tim? Like when I when we come up against the Cardinals, like are you going to be able to like say like, oh, the Niners have been in the Cardinals? Well, I mean, I do some research before we do these podcasts, just, you know, because we want to try to make them credible, legitimate, and intelligent. Um, I, I also happen to just be an absolute fanatic in the 80s and 90s about the 49ers. So I remember those decades extremely well. So those, those a lot of it are just tied to memories. And I think that just how it comes up when you ask these questions. I try to so pick Brian. questions. It's around that time frame. So. You know, maybe it might spark something. So, Brian, my brother and I once went on a tour of Levi's Stadium, and we were standing in like the one of the nice sections, and he looks up and it's a picture of Steve Young from a game against the o- Houston Oilers, and my Indianapolis brother goes Colts. Indianapolis Colts. And I said, he's like, that shouldn't be there. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, we lost that game. Not kidding. And then he sent me the picture from the game. Like, see, I'm right. Like, okay. So, oh man. Okay. Next point and laugh at me. No, no, no. It's (laughs) you have a special phone. (laughs) Please keep going, Brian. Okay. Retired numbers of the Rams. There are eight. You guys said. 
with a uh, bunch of I people. Think, yeah, why don't you say them out loud and I'll, I'll, I'll just read them off to you. How's yeah, it? just read, yeah, them I'll read them off. Bob Waterfield, he was that quarterback for 45 yeah, to 52. Did not get it. Number seven, so that was number seven. Number 28, San Diego State product, Marshall Falk, 99 to 05. And then Eric Dickerson. Okay, we got that. 29. Got that one. 83 through 87. I didn't know he was only on the team, like, was that four or five years? So, but it, yeah, uh, but what a, what a four year yeah. run. <laughs> Still holds a single season record. Yeah. Number 74, Merlin Olson. Got there, one, 62 but... to 76, defensive tackle. Deacon Jones, I remember he was on the Brady Budge uh, back in the day. <laughs> That's why his numbers retired. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's okay. I, I remember that episode too. Jackie Slater, 76 yep. to 95. Man, he was on there for nine, was it 20 years? Yeah, he was there for oh, a yeah, long time. Long time. Well, 78. Uh, okay, number 80, Isaac Bruce. Yep, got that uh, one. Former Niner? I mean, former Raiders. Yes. 94 to 07. He was there for, what, 13, 14 years. And then last one, Jack Youngblood, defensive end, 71. Ah, uh, yeah. Great. All, right, so we All got, of Faber. We got everyone, Kurt Warner we were wrong on, uh, Crazy Legs Hirsch we were wrong on. And whoever that Bob guy was. I think I said Bob Waterfield and Jack yeah. Youngblood, I think. You guys got everyone else. So, you guys got that six. Last, Last question. question. Where did the Rams play when they moved back to St. Louis? John, you said? The TWA Dome. Yeah. And then, which they did. But Tim, you said first they played one year over at? Bush Memorial Stadium. You're right. I did not. I did not think you would be able to remember that one, but yes, they did play there for one year and then they moved to. So let's, let's go to one of my favorite save sections and, or of the, before I wrap it up. So it's stuff we bought on Amazon this week. So I'll go first. We bought K tree food from the wild, natural hamster food. And KT Extreme Odor Control Hamster Bedding. <laughs> so not only is our hamster fed well, but smells like a peach. So we got that going for us. So Brian, did you buy anything on Amazon this week? Uh, no, but I bought something on eBay. So they, uh, I bought a piece for my roof rack for my, my Islander, my Toyota Islander, mm -hmm. a piece fell off and I found it on eBay and I was able to buy a replacement piece pending to arrive. And that's the only thing I bought on my, okay. well, I don't know if yep. I want to drive behind you anytime soon. <laughs> I know. I think it's the second or third piece you bought for that thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just this plastic piece that just kind of popped off. I'm not sure. Why. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm rolling ahead of you uh, on the highway. Tim, do you think on the old Amazon? Why? Why? Yes, there is. Oh, I bought a, yes, I bought a charging station for multiple Apple products, uh, iPhones and iPads, because when the previous one has four, uh, has five plugs, but four of them don't work, you find <laughs> that family members turn against one another <laughs> to get the one good charging port to get their Apple product charge. And, and I felt it was driving a wedge between my wife and my daughter and myself, but the new one did arrive. So things are, are, are much better now. Good call. And I've charging. also bought kosher salt. Yeah. Everything's charged up. You know, the, the devices and our emotions and love. Nice. Yes. All right. And for whatever reason, there seemed to have been a supply chain issue with kosher salt at the um, local supermarket. So we bought that. Nice. So on that note, um, final thoughts on the Niners. What are you guys going to watch this week? What are we going to watch this week? Uh, where, where are you going to uh, watch it? Well, I'm, I'll be as usual. Probably in, in the man cave, uh, pacing quite a bit. It'll be a four o'clock start for you and I, John. So yeah, I'll get some exercise in before the game and yes, it'll just be, I'll be in my 
my little area that I need to be by myself. Stress out. Exactly. Yeah. Throw Brian, pillows. No, you? no, I never throw pillows. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to go to that brewery that I wanted to. Um, uh, the people I wanted to go to had bigger nights on Saturday night, so uh, they decided. So I just stayed home last week to watch games. So I'm probably going to go to that brewery that um, I talked about last week. So it's Adobe Brewery in Nevada, California. So I'll be headed there. Nice. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, I think I'll be watching it downstairs in my man cave. I think I might make myself something and then just, you know, have a early dinner and, and watch the game and and enjoy red zone you know before uh probably just doing a little exercise on my bike and having it right next to me so but other than that i think uh that wraps it up niners win against Pittsburgh. we're one and oh we're moving ahead to rams week let's go niners Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful. 